You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey guys, do you like heavy metal? Do you like video games, comic books, movies, theme parks, or even cool TV shows? We've got the place for you. Metal Geeks. Time to rock out with your geek out. Here are your hosts, Carrie the Metal Geek, Dave, and George. Geek it out, fellas. Welcome, my friends, to episode number 213 of the Metal Geeks podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Carrie the Metal Geek, along with... I am Brutal Dave. Good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? Okay. Uh, and we also have Mr. Um, the Metal Detector. What's going on, guys? How are you, sir? Tired. <laughs> Excited yeah. to be here. Sure. <laughs> well, our our other co-host will be joining us shortly. Uh, he had to get his, his notes together about how much he hates Boba Fett. So he'll be here in a minute. <laughs> oh, uh, last time you guys weren't with us, we our schedules didn't work. So, what's everybody been up to? Everybody been good? What have you been doing? Uh, well, I don't think I've mentioned it on the show yet, but uh, I'm having a kid, which is kind of a cool thing. What? <laughs> well, I know you know, <laughs> <laughs> but the listeners may not. Yeah, uh, congrats, congratulations, man! Truly, you guys deserve it. It's, uh, it's really awesome. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, going to be like that one movie, that horror movie you saw last year with the, the kid goat? Lamb? Yeah, lamb. There you go. I mean, if a lamb comes out, I'm going to be a little concerned. <laughs> <laughs> you love the movie that much. I mean, I'll have to name him Beelzebub and just hope for the best. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, nah, but uh, yeah, we're, we're super excited. Um, you know, she's uh, 17 weeks along, so. Uh, should birth should be sometime in July. Big life changes for the positive. <laughs> That's, yeah, this is a uh, a first for you, right, Justin? No, yeah. Erica, yeah. Erica has a a child that uh, you have inherited, so to speak. You've taken <laughs> yeah. you've taken on, but this is going to be your first time from uh, from the start, from, huh? From beginning, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we we have a I have a stepson, her actual son. Um, you know, and I've, I've sort of adopted him, you know, I've, I've been in his life for almost five years now and he's about to be a teenager, which is just crazy. Uh, but yeah, he's a cool little dude. He's like super into retro cartoons and he likes hard rock and, uh, you know, he's a huge gamer. You're teaching him well. Yeah. I'm doing what I can. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll like what I like. All right. It's not even like that though, man. Like you would think that. I would just kind of force that stuff on him or something, but I don't even have to ask, man. If I'm into it, he asks about it, and he well, he sees you enjoying it. He wants to, you know, you know, have a relationship like that with you, and he probably sees what you're into and actually really enjoys it. So that's cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Hopefully, the the same thing happens with the new one. You know, well, you can start <laughs> start teaching him in the womb right now. Some country. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll warn. I'll warn you about having. Um, expectations. <laughs> um, don't lean into them. Uh, <laughs> so they are. Uh, there's nothing you can do about the fact that they are going to have their own personality, regardless of whatever input you give. I've I've so, learned that. I've learned some hard lessons. Yeah. Over the last <laughs> so yeah, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting anything. I'm just thrilled to be there for the ride. Um, That's the way to go: is be yeah. a be a facilitator and a mentor. Don't don't you know live vicariously through them or try to make them be a little you. Help them right. learn how to be themselves as best they can. Yeah, sounds like a good plan. Yeah, and get your. That was uh, that was my paternal advice for the evening. I hope you <laughs> everyone enjoyed it. <laughs> Have to start changing this to the Metal Dads podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us. Uh, what have you been up to, uh, Brutal Dave? I like your Mastodon shirt, by the way. That's really cool looking. Thank you. I got this like, uh, at the uh, Mastodon Opeth Zealand Ardor show. Yeah, back in December. Yeah, it's got it's got dinosaurs in a oh, that's cool cave cave woman on it in a kind of like. Oh, that it's is got cool. sort of like a Frank Frazetta vibe to it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. The logo reminds me of like like Misfit style, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what have I been doing? Um been still we've been uh we took a small break from listening to our audiobooks, but we're we're back at it again. And uh right now we're listening to Catch Twenty Two, which neither of us have ever read before. I don't know if either of you guys have ever mm. read Catch Twenty Two. No. Um it's hilarious. Um, it's maybe the funniest novel I've ever read. Who's the, who's the um, author? I can't think of his name right now. Joseph Heller. Okay. Um, and so this the this novel is where the the term Catch Twenty Two comes from. It's where it originates. Oh, really? That when you when we think of an un, an unwinnable scenario being a Catch Twenty mm-hmm. Two, that comes from this book. And it's a um, it spawned into the vernacular of the world. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. But the story is, it's a satirical military story um, that takes place in World War II. Um, Heller was writing it in the 1950s, but he had been a bombardier in World War II. And so one of the main characters is a bombardier. Um, and the But the whole thing is this like weird satirical look at bureaucracy and the military as a whole and the futility and stupidity of war and all this kind of stuff. And the whole thing has a vibe that like, uh, it feels kind of like mash and Dr. Strangelove and other kind of like satirical comedic looks, but like, it's about something too. It's not just about, it's not just about cracking jokes but it's full of them and it's, it's really funny uh, just the way that the guy writes the, the, the story and the way he writes the dialogue between the characters. It's, it's really funny. It's absurd. Everybody is kind of insane, which is sort of the point. Yeah. That, um, what you want, right? Uh, and so <laughs> this will be the last thing I really get into about it, but this gives you a sense of the tone of the book with the catch 22 catch 22 is never completely explained. It kind of takes on different meanings through the course of the book. But one of the best ways that um, it gets covered is that um, this bombardier, this uh, fighter pilot, is desperate to get out of the war because he's already flown tons and tons of missions and has almost died over and over and over. And he just feels like he's playing against the odds here, that eventually he's going to get seriously hurt or die if he keeps fighting, uh, flying these missions. But the um, corporal, uh, I think it's a corporal, that uh, is in charge of them keeps increasing the number of missions that they have to do in order to be considered a full tour of duty. So he keeps getting right up to the point and then the the goalpost gets shifted. 
Yeah. And so he's continually frustrated that he's never going to get out of here. Uh, so he's kind of going insane as is everybody else. The doctor uh, who, who treats all of them tells him, um, I can, I am actually authorized to uh, send you home. All you have to do is ask, but I can send you home because, because you're insane. If you're insane, you can go home, but you have to ask me first. But if you ask me, that proves that you don't want to go into battle again, which only a sane person would say, therefore you're not insane. Therefore you have to keep fighting. Hence the catch 22. So, hence the catch 22. Yeah, yeah. So it's impossible for him to get out of this scenario. Speaking of the and it's all, because of bureaucracy, because of the, yeah. the, the ludicrous uh, logic of bureaucracy and military thinking. Speaking of a catch 22, George is here. Let's bring him on. Cool. <laughs> Uh, hey. how, how am I a catch twenty two? I don't understand. It was, You're I a no win situation, George. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a good segue. This Welcome is this the, is rude, is what that is. <laughs> Welcome to the show, anyways. Uh, Are you started recording already? Yeah, we're recording. Yep. Oh, gotcha. We're doing Sorry. it live. Sorry, I'm late, guys. It's okay. You're only seven minutes late. We're we're good. Uh, Surprisingly, I have actually been listening to some audiobooks. I just listened to um, James Patterson, uh, The Last Days of John Lennon. Mm -hmm. I saw it. It was a very interesting book. Uh, it was cool because the guy reading it did everybody's accents. So when he did John Lennon, he did the John Lennon accent and Paul and everybody. It was, it was interesting, but um, I saw it be more about the, the last actual days of john lennon but it started like back in the 50s when before he even was like in the beatles before it had the whole it was like it was like sort of like the history of how the band became and everything leading up and then every once in a while there'd be a chapter about mark david chapman and then it would go back to the history and then it would go back it was it was weird the way it was done i mean there, I, I i learned some stuff about the band which is i hope it wasn't all fictional you know what i mean because it was it wasn't really an autobiography but it was and then when they got to spoilers the death of john lennon <laughs> if you don't know that um it what? was a little it was a little yeah it was a little lackluster it was just like oh and he got shot bullets i'm like oh that was a little over quickly you know anticlimactic it was a little bit and they did a chapter about him in the uh, in the hospital trying to save him. And they did one chapter uh, about the actual court for uh, you know sentencing for Chapman, and he was I don't know that guy was crazy in the head. That's all I got to say. Speaking of no catch, didn't he there. didn't he believe he read uh, Catcher in the Rye, and that's what told him yep. to yep. kill John Lennon? Yeah, he had a copy the of Catcher in the Rye. Yes. Yeah. What was that, Justin? The original Lords of Chaos. He was. <laughs> Surprised he didn't burn down a church. Oh yeah, Kim. She's right in front, standing in front of me, saying she read it first, or listened to it first. The Catcher in the Rye. No, the the John oh. Lennon book. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what. I have a. So, speaking of uh, not canceling, I have a, another month of Audible, so I'm interested in maybe hear, listening to something else. Download as much as you can for free. 
on that Audible. Get, I can only get one at a time, is, is the saying. Well, they have a whole bunch of original stuff that's free, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? Yeah. As long as you keep making Gmail addresses, you can get as many as you want for free. Just listen to every podcast. They have uh, Audible's. <laughs> that's <spot>. true. <laughs> I listened to the uh, the last Scott Ian book uh, right before this, and it was interesting. I like when um, you know the people that wrote the book are actually reading it. Mm-hmm. I, I just I can't get into it like an especially like an autobiography about somebody reading the somebody's autobiography and it's not it's just weird. Bruce I, Campbell you know, does his own. Yeah, I'm listening to the Mel Brooks one right now too. And that's really cool. So George, what have you been up to? Welcome welcome to the show, by the way. Hello. Uh what have I been up to? Uh you know, same thing, different day, just working and uh watching movies and TV shows and catching up on a couple things here and there when I can. My uh I haven't we haven't been watching a lot of TV because like uh, last weekend our direct TV satellite our our receiver box broke. And we called him. Yeah, it was like overheating, and it's like not even a place where it can't overheat. What's a receiver box? <laughs> it's a box that receives the signal. Man, so, I didn't realize you still lived in the nineties. We do. Uh, <laughs> everything we had on our DVR was gone. So you should really like consider cutting the cord, Carrie. You're you're preaching to the choir on that one. Yeah, man. I would. You I won't have you. Won't, you won't have a problem with a box overheating anymore. That's for sure. I know. <laughs> you won't even have to buy any new equipment. You have game systems. Just stream everything through game systems. Well, I can. I, I that's can, what I, I do. <laughs> I can do it straight from my TV too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always experience that like streaming stuff from TV is not as enjoyable as it is through a console or a you know, uh, or I a device of some sort. Uh, we have a, a Samsung, and the Samsung built-in apps that they have are actually really, really good. They work really well. I mean, I've I've had that like my previous TV. I'm like, yeah, they they were slow and clunky, and they were just like, no, you can't use them. But I'm this, sure it's better. Yeah, the Samsung one. It's it's like we've had it for like three years too, and it and it's pretty good. It works really well. Yeah, I upgraded, we watch all of our streaming there. I upgraded to the new Fire Stick. Uh, I guess yeah. back in Black Friday because I had Fire Sticks on all my TVs, and then I got the new one, and it's like ten times faster, no lag whatsoever. It's crazy how much better it is. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to replace all of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're living in the Stone Age. You're like, what? Why 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 did it take so long to, to change a page, you know? Yeah. Why why does it take so long to DVR stuff, Carrie? I don't know. I can't do that. Talk right. about talk about Stone Age. <laughs> hey, welcome to the show. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I've been watching a few things, been catching up on my uh, new seasons of stuff that's out. There's so, so much good stuff right now. It's like a great time for TV. The first good time for TV since like 2019. Well, there's, there's a lot of good things that are on and a lot of good things coming out. So yeah. so that can be our topic because, I mean, there's one certain show where you're definitely going to be talking about. but The Righteous uh, Gemstones. It's fucking amazing. It's I the love best it. it's ever been. This season's <laughs> the best. So good. <laughs> it it really it's they're going places I didn't think they were gonna go. I, I'm really enjoying it. I, I it's uh the best I season yet. Week yet. And uh, same thing with Euphoria. Euphoria is it's the best it's ever been right now. I've never, I've, Euphoria is amazing. I haven't started that show. Is it something I would enjoy? Probably not. 
Uh, I don't know. I disagree. Well, I think you might carry it. like on a cinematography level and an mm-hmm. art craft level. I think you would dig it. And then you just gotta like ha- kind of let yourself get enveloped with the, uh, the teenage drama of it all. I don't hate <laughs> Vendaya. So, I mean, she's, she's, she's really she's, good in that. This is like the only thing I really liked her in. I like, I, I think I, everything I'd seen her in prior to this, I didn't really feel like she had a lot of range, but she was, she's fantastic in euphoria. Actually, yeah, season these, two, she's really uh, swinging for the fences. Sydney Sweeney is probably her best role too, and then uh, like it just feels like every actor in the show is just killing it. Yeah, it's great. HBO, man, it's where it's at. So, you, have you guys been watching Peacemaker? Of course. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that too. Yes, that's also must see TV as well. This time. <laughs> Dave, have you watched Peacemaker yet? No, about the only uh, new thing that I've. Probably the only TV I've watched at all recently is um, Murderville. I watched. <laughs> have you all watched Murderville? We have one more episode left of Murderville to watch. I, I watched the first forward. episode, and I haven't decided if I want to continue or not. There's only six, so you can get through it really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, you can skip all of them except for the Kim Jong and uh, Camille Nanjiani ones, because those are the two. The Camille, the Camille Nanjiani one is must-see. I was dying laughing. <laughs> Camille is yeah. so funny. The, yes. the girl from we watched the one right before we recorded the 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 girl from Shit's Creek. I can't think of her name now. Annie mm-hmm. Annie Murphy. She was just breaking up on that. It's 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 a great show. It's really funny. She I, looked at one point. She looked like she was about to break down and cry. Like for real <laughs> at one point. My, my favorite thing about that is all the dead bodies because if you pay close attention, they're trying your fucking right. hardest not to laugh. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, and especially because like there's the there's the one where they're examining the one in like in the morgue in the mm-hmm. examination yep. room, and Will Arnett is like deliberately fucking with the extra who's trying to be a corpse. Right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> I, I cool love Will Arnett. Uh, show is so funny. Um, yeah, apparently it is a uh, remake of a British TV show with a different title. Isn't everything? Have wow. you watched uh, have you watched Archive eighty one, George? No, but I have listened to a few episodes of the podcast uh, before it became a show. You should watch. The I want to watch. I want to watch that one. I haven't uh, convinced my wife yet. To I was thoroughly impressed with the show. Like I, I listened to a few episodes of the podcast as it was airing because Erica was a fan, and I would hear mm-hmm. it in her. And I mean, it it was cool, but like the show, um, I don't know. Everything except for the creature and is excellent, and mm-hmm. I mean that part's totally forgivable just because of how good the story is is told. So it's definitely worth checking out. Probably the best thing Netflix has made in a long time. Yeah, it good. it looks good. It's just uh, I don't know. It, it looks kind of like uh, what's that, an- another show that I've seen? Having listened to the episodes prior to, I haven't listened to the whole show. I think I listened to the first three, and. Uh, I mean, it's it's all right. It's cool concept. I don't know if it's like there's so much stuff to watch right now. I just kind of got to be picky and choosy with what I watch. So let's go back to let's use some work speak real quick. Let's circle back over to to, to Peacemaker. Peacemaker, um, it's great. What the fuck the, are you doing if you're not watching it? That's the first three episodes are are just really comedy brilliant. He. It, the show is really funny. I mean, it's taken a more serious turn later in the episode, but it's still that it still has that 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 whole James Gunn 
aspect yeah, it's, it. it's james gunn on tv man it's it's great <laughs> I, I dare i say i think james gunn is more suited and better on tv than he's ever been in movies because yeah he has a lot of room to to play with it you know i'm not gonna disagree with you um this is like, probably the best thing he's ever made with the exception of like slither and i don't know like i don't know i still think peacemaker edges out a little bit because this has like it has elements of everything he's ever done in his career all in this show. So it's just this is why I think Peacemaker is probably like the crown of like everything he's made thus far. Yeah. And they, they were doing it for season two today. Yeah. Know, so season two already. There's like Which one makes episode. me a little sad that they're not gonna wrap this up in the next few episodes. <laughs> nope. I was kinda hoping like, oh yeah, they're gonna do a mini series and wrap this up, but apparently not. And what uh James Gunn did to obscure seventies glam metal in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's doing that to obscure eighties hair metal in Peace. Well, see, I don't really like hair metal, so I was a I have been a hard pass for a lot of the songs. I do like the theme song though, but not that particular song. Like I like the band from the Wait, that does the themes. Yeah, I like the a few of their songs, but I don't really I love. Mean, particularly what, that song what other tv show uh not only utilizes uh a faster pussycat song but makes it part of the storyline and play the entire song in the show i super brilliant for me i love that band actually it's like one of my favorite hair metal bands glam metal bands whatever you want to call them hair metal bands i actually went and saw them live like in 2018 something like that Johnson. i've never seen them live what's up Said John Cena is jealous. <laughs> he might be. He might be. <laughs> uh, have any of you been watching Pam and Tommy? No. I watched the first uh, two and a half episodes. I kind of pieced out around the third episode. They. Uh, so here's what I'm going to say. Uh, Seth Rogen's is. is uh, they make every character unlikable. Like, like they make. Uh, I mean, the performances are really actually really good. If you look at it like uh, Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee, really good, except they make Tommy Lee to be an asshole asshole. I don't know because if he, he, really likes he is a super asshole. I know he's an asshole, but I mean, <laughs> takes it to another level. You know what I hey, mean? He, we're both Greek. We can, I can admit that he's a super asshole. It's cool. Okay. As long, anyone, any way, anytime anyone wants to derogate any member of Motley Crew, I'm okay with it. So there you go. <laughs> uh, probably, also, probably Sebastian Stan looks a little weird, right? Am I just the only mm-hmm. one? Like his face looks weird. Well, I mean, is he wearing prosthetics for that show? Does anyone mm-hmm. know? You're just used to seeing him as Luke Skywalker, so <laughs> I guess yeah. I keep picturing him as Luke Skywalker. Had a, Man, that would be less awkward. He had to lose a lot of weight and, you know, work out to get to that body, you know? He said the, the I was watching an interview. Cracked with him, out the, stoner drummer body? Yep. The, sto- the the tattoos, he said, were so bad. He had to spend hours in the makeup chair getting those on every day. I Surely they just ink them on and, like. No, dude. He, every day. I'm like, I don't think they do that every day. He had to be, I mean, what kind of character actor if you don't get real tattoos? I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, that's a terrible decision. <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible decision. A terrible decision to get those shitty tattoos that Tommy Lee has on you yeah. forever for a roll. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm getting a tattoo actually as a recording is tomorrow. 
Haven't had one in a long time. It's just am I what spur- what spurred on the idea of the uh, the event of getting a tattoo? Is anything special or we've been talking about doing it for a while, and we we met a tattoo artist that we liked, and we talked over some ideas, and this is going to be my first of many new ones, I think. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I have some ideas. So where is this tattoo going? Let me guess. This is going to be your first facial tattoo. Yes, it's going. <laughs> it is a teardrop. <laughs> <laughs> going right on my forehead. Um, no, it's going to be on my my left leg where I have a lot of empty room, uh, a blank canvas as it as you as you would say. Gotcha. Get it on your dick. Just. I'm not Tommy Lee. I'm sorry. <laughs> So my poor wife, Catherine, between watching Pam and Tommy and all three jackasses and the new jackass. Oh, you saw the new jackass? I, yeah, we did. Uh, Catherine and I have both, have both seen a lot of penis on television a lot lately. And talking penis. Well, I wasn't going to spoil that, but. Oh, whatever. Sure. But, we'll know about it. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the episode has been out for a while now. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jackass Four is great. I think it's the best one out of the bunch, mainly because everyone feels so relaxed and they look like they're having the time of their lives. Um, and it's like they're not doing uh, like pranks out of like spite. Because I don't know if you guys have seen them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the second one, like just having watching it recently, it just kind of feels like they were doing stuff. I think with, a lot like, of that mean spirited kind of way. Him and Ryan's influence and like. Ryan's not around anymore and Bam got kicked out of the group. So, well, he, well, what I read was that Bam uh, didn't want to go to rehab and they says, well, we won't let you in the movie unless you go. And that's why he's not in it. Yeah. For what I understand. And then there's a nice little tribute to Ryan Dunn at the end of the movie. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, it was uh jackass war was fun. I'll be honest. I've never seen any of them. So it's, I'm, I'm know, kind of it's great. Like they're it's, fun. It's great alternative, like, if you think about it, it's definitely a time capsule of, like, of its era when it was created. But it's really cool, like, I mean, this is the stuff I grew up on. It's cringy. When it's TV, weird. it's alternative it's TV for the time when MTV was being daring and trying to do stuff, new things, I guess. I just don't like seeing that that weird cringe-worthy things going on. It just it just freaks me out a little bit. That's only like a small part of it. Half of it is just pranks. Half of it is just friends hanging out, doing stupid shit to each other. That's and like true. stupid stuff is, is where the camaraderie builds. And like, you actually start to realize like how their friendships are and like see the intricacies between different people in the group. And like, some of it is just skits they put on and the skits are usually hilarious, especially like the old man ones. Um, <laughs> and they didn't of it do is, any of those this time because of COVID. Probably because they're all old men actually now, but uh, <laughs> Right, the scene you don't have to put any makeup on. There is some cringy, gross stuff they did, you know, especially in the early days. That I totally get what you're coming from because, like, yeah. you just don't want to see a bunch of people puking because they like ate shit and stuff. But you know, that's, that's, only, that's still that's still a thing. I'm just gonna let you know that. <laughs> it's only a part of what they are, <laughs> and it's really only a couple of guys. <laughs> They're just crazy circus freaks, Carrie. That's what you just kind of okay. have, have to embrace it for what it is, and it's you know. The highest grossing comedy in two years. So yeah, that's not saying too much, though. 
Speaking I of, finally saw Spider Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't cut in, but I finally saw Spider Man. <laughs> did you purchase it or something? Or uh... no, I, I went to the theater and I saw. Oh, it. you went to the theater. Nice, cool. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. So, it is a lot of fun. I enjoyed. I it. do want to talk about the trailer for uh, Doctor Strange since you've seen it. But give me, um, I had a question for you, George. Speaking of yeah. weird circus people, have you watched Nightmare Alley yet? I did. I watched it twice now. Oh, have you? Yeah, it's. I want to, I, if I would if I would have saw it last version. year, it would have definitely been in my top ten. It's not my favorite uh, Del Toro movie, but um, there's parts of it that go on a little too long and doesn't. But the end of it, like the whole last part of the movie, is fantastic. I I think this is a, a Del Toro masterpiece. I think this is the best thing he's done since Pan's Labyrinth. Wow! All right. I still need to watch it. I know it's out, but I've, I've it's on never... HBO now, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and, and it's also on Hulu, if I'm not mistaken. Hulu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I encourage people to watch it. It's really good. All right, uh, Justin. Since you have seen Spider Man, we can talk about the uh, the new Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness trailer. I almost called it like the Here. the maddening trailer with a million Easter eggs. I mean, are we are we going to circle back to TV again? Because we still got more TV to talk about. Yeah, we can. <laughs> I mean, um, we didn't even get to the key subject matter of this show, which is a TV show. No, no, no we're going to get to that. That's we'll get to that in the topic. Uh, I got to talk about South Park. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with it, but the last episode was one of the best in like ten years. I haven't seen this week yet. Yeah, I haven't watched a South Park episode in a while. So I don't. I don't like. It's been out for a week. And I'm Don't sure you spoil it. About I'll, it. I'll, I'll, I'm going to watch it. I just well, with losing my DVR. I have to find a place where I can watch it now. I don't know where. You, watch it, on HBO. you watch on HBO. On HBO, okay. Yeah, it comes out the the next day, so on Thursdays they come out. Okay. Um, but basically, Tolkien's Tolkien. Oh yeah. Real, okay, I did see that one then. His real name is Tolkien. Yep. Uh, and Stan is the only person in South Park who actually thought his name was Token, and has been calling him that. <laughs> like 20 years yep <laughs> and he's like am i racist and he, he even cartman was like yeah i just called him that because i was an asshole like that's not his real name what's wrong with you <laughs> okay that one i have to that it's funny i swear to god dude i laughed the entire episode and then you know i still play phone destroyer the very next day they changed his name to tolkien in the oh, game. Really? <laughs> it's amazing that's awesome. Um, so yeah, the, before we talk about uh, Doctor Strange, yeah. uh, Dave, how, did you yeah. see the teaser trailer for Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Speaking of uh, teaser trailer, uh, Tolkien. Yeah. No, um, I haven't. I haven't seen any of the promotional material for it yet. Um, I, I I'm not excited yet, and I know that I'm like I'm by not watching the promotional material or looking at any of it. I'm not changing that in myself, but sure. I don't know, man. I'm like, I was very against this concept at the beginning. Uh, now that I know kind of what they're trying to do with it, I'm like, okay, I can see that working as a TV series, uh, but I'm still not like stoked on it yet. There, there I'd, was like, I'd like away, to be. There was definitely a faraway shot of people walking on a hill on a mountain. So. <laughs> it's it's going to be that. Like <laughs> yeah. Amazon has spent like a half a billion dollars on this, if not more. And, uh, it, the, what was it? A minute and a half, maybe less than a minute and a half of a trailer. Mm -hmm. It it really shows on screen and it looks 
really good, especially for something that's uh, on, uh, you know, that's going to be on Amazon Prime. I, I, I'm kind of blown away, and I think well, it's I mean, look awesome. how much look how much they're raising Amazon Prime to be now, like 140 bucks a year. So, Bezos I got mean, boats to build. Oh no. He has boats. He has bridges to take down and rebuild. That's right. He has historic bridges that need dismantling. I don't know. Okay. I, I was I was thoroughly impressed with how good of a job Prime did with Wheel of Time. So I'm not really all that surprised that they're going to do a great job with Lord of the Rings too, at least visually. And uh, Jay Bayona is uh, he like he striked out for me with uh, the uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World Dominion, but his previous stuff, uh, Jay. J.A. Bayona, he's the director and producer of the series. Oh, okay. He did Jurassic World, the sequel, right? The Jurassic World Dominion, I think it's what it's called. Yeah. that's the Or, fa- or is it Fallen Kingdom? I don't remember. Uh, what, what's the thing to me? The Dominion. second one where they do the stupid auction shit. The, the movie is mm. bad because the plot is bad and everything about it is bad. But the direction and the lighting and all that stuff was pretty good. Uh, but his other previous work is worth noting. And after seeing the trailer, I feel more at ease thinking that the show is going to be in good hands. What was his previous work? Uh, he's done a few horror films. Uh, probably one of the most notable ones is the orphanage and a monster calls. A monster calls is not really a horror film, but it's a drama. What was the orphanage about? I feel like I saw that one. It's about an orphanage. yeah i think i saw that yeah it's about ghosts or ghosts in an orphanage it does it involve a uh a woman who is like a skeptic who's like gonna come and was that that movie where she's a a skeptic and is gonna come and prove that there aren't actually ghosts here but it turns out there are actually ghosts here was that part of that movie or am i thinking of something else it it sounds vaguely familiar it's been a while since i've seen it so i want to say that sounds right i think that's right it's actually called el orfanato it's a Spanish movie, but translated to English. Del Toro was a producer on it as well. Mm. Okay. Uh, so anyway, there you go. I just I just wanted to see if Dave's seen it since the trailer just came out recently. I was hoping I he would have. I heard Sorry, people have said that the uh, the the female dwarves don't have beards. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I was like, flip, I'm about it. fucking out. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them have dwar- uh, beards. Some of them do. The females or. Yeah, females. I, I think it was like the, the the queen. She didn't have a beard. People were freaking. And to out. be fair, they didn't show any female dwarves in the trailer. It was a picture. It was like they released like a still a picture, uh, oh. picture. Yeah. Maybe they were on break and they hadn't. They didn't have them glued on. Who knows? Yeah, that's right. She did, she didn't have a chance to put on her. She had her beard yet. <laughs> she just shaved. That's right. Like, also, they also <laughs> the this one. So they're they're wearing like with the little hooks that go over your ears. <laughs> uh, also, there's going to be like I'm just curious how they're going to make Sauron sexy because you know that's definitely going to happen. So Sauron already the sexy. time period that we're talking about. Um, so. If I he's, now, granted, he's supposed I'm to be not, on the run, right? That's what I understand. Like something, uh, like a big battle goes wrong, and he's on the run. Is this okay? So I'm since I'm not looking at the promotional material yet, I, I may be in the wrong part of the story. But there is there is a section of uh, the history in um, of the world where uh, 
Sauron can take on different forms and does so frequently. And for a while, one of the forms that he takes on is that of a beautiful elf. And under that guise is how he was able to uh, fool the elves uh, into taking the rings. Uh, that was actually part of the, uh, what was it? The, uh, the Mordor game. Um, Shadows of Mordor? Shadow, yeah, that was actually, yeah, that was part of that. So, like, there, there is actual canon uh, where Sauron has been sexy. I don't think that those games are no longer in canon, but uh, I, d- I have heard rumblings of a, of a sexy Sauron happening. And Elrond is a character in the uh, and Gladriel are characters in the in the show. That's going to be the cosplay of the year. Is sexy Sauron? It should be. That is going to catch on. It's going to be the new group. Hashtag sexy Sauron. Sauron. Harley Quinn. You know. <laughs> wow. All right. So anyway, that's my uh, Lord of the Rings Tolkien rant. Continue. All right. So um, you mentioned earlier about all the Easter eggs, George, about in the Doctor Strange. We're just going to push it off for one more. I want to talk about the Rescue Rescue Rangers trailer. Oh, okay. I now you're talking my language. I am so ready for this. I did not. Ex- I I knew who was working on it. I knew it was Andy Samberg and the Lonely Island and all that, but I did not expect it to be Who Framed Roger Rabbit level of like a movie and the freaking trailer had roger rabbit in it i was and it had uncle scrooge it did have scrooge Mm -hmm. and it had the magic carpet and aladdin yeah well it it has a lot of disney properties i I think this is going to be like a fucking easter egg hunt all throughout had properties that are not disney like uh uh you saw there was like a package of vegemite and it had like mighty mouse on it and the My Little Ponies, I don't think, are Disney, and I mean, there's so much other stuff in it. I, I have a feeling this is going to be like what we've all wanted from a Roger Rabbit sequel. You know what I mean? Are Are, are you certain at this point that Disney doesn't own Mighty Mouse? And no, Mighty I am not. Certain. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> <certain. laughs> <laughs> Who knows what Disney owns and don't they own might. anymore? Uh, yeah. So I'm cautiously optimistic. I really love the placement of the world that they're. They're acknowledging that the series existed and that it was a real TV show and that these characters are like working actors in a real live world a la Roger Rabbit. And I think... Oh, is that the gist of it? Okay. I I watched the trailer, but I didn't listen to it. So I only saw visuals. Mm. And I I think that's a really good place to start. So, so far, they got me hooked enough enough to watch. Now I'm not a big Lonely Island fan because I don't think they're that funny. I think they're they think they're funnier than they really are. Um, but I really hope they don't try to like force the comedy. There's a lot of awkwardly comedic bits already inherently built in with uh, Rescue Rangers and putting cartoons in a real world uh, that you don't need to like force that really bad. Andy Samberg type comedy. It's true. All right. Uh, but it, it looks a lot of fun. Like I was super static when I saw Roger Rabbit and then I, I squealed even harder when I saw uncle Scrooge. Yeah. And then I thought it was hilarious that, uh, Dale got the, uh, the, uh, the CGI surgery 
Yes. Is that why he's CGI and Chip is not? Yep. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know why they were different. That's that's funny. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's it's a smart way for people to, one, visually tell them apart. Because I think what's going to happen is they're going to either A, switch clothes, or B, not have their clothes that we recognize them by on. And they had that whole... I don't, I don't recognize them by their too. clothes. I'm, a, I'm an expert. I, I know how to identify Chip from Dale. It, yeah, don't it's the it's the nose, the nose, the nose, nose. and the teeth, the nose and the yeah, teeth. That's right. I mean, the and the there's a really teeth. good Indiana Jones shout out. There's a great yeah. Indiana Jones uh, reference, and the weirdest uh, reference. I'm waiting for a Magnum PI reference now. Yeah, I was waiting yeah. for it. The weirdest reference I think was like that shot when they had Roger Rabbit in the club, and Paula Abdul and DJ Scatcat, <clears throat> whatever his name was, yeah, music video. Like what? What the hell is going on? <laughs> well, I think Disney animators worked on that music they, video. Yeah. So Disney and Warner Brothers, I believe, worked on it. It's so yeah, I'm very, I'm, I'm excited. I'm more excited than I have been so far. And uh, here's hoping they don't Sandberg it up. Oh, Jesus, dude. Yeah, this is going to change your mind about Sandberg. I'm telling you. Well, I mean, if they did what they did with palm springs i really liked palm springs quite a bit so if they stay within that realm i think i'll this be is, a happy camper this is not an adam sandler uh andy sandberg movie that's my boy was that the name of it that was it bad. doesn't yeah it doesn't matter i don't find Andy sandberg that funny all right so uh another funny movie trailer let's go back to dr strange has everybody seen it yes multiple so, times no Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't the trailer. I don't. I, I don't care. I'm gonna see the movie anyway. It doesn't yeah, matter. You, you should. I also don't care if you look bonkers. It, so they showed like the I know it's second, gonna be bonkers. They showed like this 30 second preview during right before the Super Bowl started when they were like, "Hey, here's everybody playing," and they showed it, and they're like, "Watch the full trailer online." So we went and watched it online, and the online trailer has there's different scenes in the the Super Bowl teaser than there was in the trailer. Yes. Did y'all notice that? I did. Like, there's different shots. I only saw it online. There's like zombie Scarlet Witch. And like, you see, uh, you see a better view of a zombie uh, Doctor Strange too. I yeah. So I think that actually. So I've been watching, going down the the rabbit hole on YouTube and watching people talking about here's everything about it. So I think the the other Doctor Strange they show who's wearing the Defenders costume is from an alternate universe and he gets killed and comes back. He gets killed by the evil Dr. Strange, I think, and comes back as that zombie. Cause at the one point they show him with like all the arms behind him, like the, the souls coming out of him. Yeah. Like they did in the, in the cartoon. So you're saying that the zombie strange that we see is really the defender strange. Yes. I see. And so. not, not a third strange. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. That'd be strange to have more than too many strangers. Tr- too many strange in a strange movie. Too many strangers in this kitchen. <laughs> um, so the Illuminati scene. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Justin uh, will probably know more about it than I will. I know. I know some about it. Um, I know they're going to have to use different characters because there's uh, no rumors of who they're going to have. Them. There's no catalyst for the Illuminati to form. I don't know. Like, it's weird to me. I don't really know where Marvel's going with this next phase and how they're gonna. They're I phasing. Think they're, 
they're phasing out all of their like primary characters, all the ones they've already they established, phasing out, and they're bringing There's... in tier two characters as the new leads. And so they're they're looking at more modern stories to use as the basis. So I get why they're bringing in the Illuminati. It makes sense. I think it's a version of the Illuminati. I don't think it's the, what it was in the comics because the shoehorning them in. I think they're there to protect the multiverse as well. They're like sort of like the watchers of the, the multiverse. You know what I mean? That's isn't not really, that what that wasn't, isn't that what the watcher what really is? Are. That wasn't their function. That was no, I know. That's what I'm. I'm. I'm weird. guessing. I don't know. I Marvel's kind of jumped the shark for me in some ways. So I'm. I'm just kind of like I'm excited. It's fun to watch, but I'm. I'm not trying to figure out what storylines are going to go with because they're not following the comics very closely anymore. At least not on stuff like this. Like Doctor. What Strange, I what you know. I read and understand that they're kind of doing like a backdoor House of M, but on the reverse angle, like as if the House of M has already happened and they're trying to retroactively fix it. But I don't even know how they can do that. Like, because in, in the X-Men universe, Scarlet Witch and, and Quicksilver are not related. <laughs> no. Maybe it's a uh, Scarlet Witch from another universe then, well, which is very possible. I mean, there's multiple Scarlet Witches in the, in the it's trailer. It's one of those things that, like, it's so easy to misstep. Like, they're they're walking on a razor trying to tell this story that they're trying to backpedal and create all these alternate realities and, you know, make them fit into something that's entertaining to watch that makes sense. Um, mm. Really easy for them to misstep. And I kind of wish that, like, they were focusing more on developing these Tier 2 characters that they're expecting to be the new leads before they started doing all this crazy shit. <laughs> like no, I'm, I'm think, way more excited for the TV show. So I was like, Moon Knight looks like modern. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's modern Moon Knight. I don't think it's old Moon Knight. I think they're telling like, modern, like yeah. the modern Moon Knight stories, which is great. Um, there's a lot of great stories to draw from. I just don't know why they're picking House of M or Illuminati. Like they're those are two extremely convoluted storylines. <laughs> they would do a better. They would do a better job of like jumping straight to Avengers versus X Men and bringing all the X Men into the Marvel universe. Wasn't what, what the Illuminati created uh, to figure out what to do with the Hulk? Yeah, that was the entire reason. Hulk That's had, where Planet Hulk came from, and all that. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I would love to see a live action Planet Hulk movie, but they could have, they could have created that. You know, just you know, Hulk got on a spaceship and landed on this planet. Like they've already. You know, yeah they already kind of made a planet well a shitty version of it but yeah but they made a planet hulk movie right in a way yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know if they're gonna do like a world war hulk Hulk thing i know they're talking about doing like a crazy symbiote story in the future um like spider queen storyline are they doing like a madam web movie i've heard that's fox though that has nothing to do with disney yeah I don't. I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, I I thought the trailer for Multiverse of Madness looked fun enough. Um, I'm excited to see it, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like, spend a lot of time wondering what it's gonna be until I see it because there's no. There's no point. It's gonna be crazy and chaotic and hard to predict. I I I here's my opinion. I thought the teaser that they showed, the 30 second teaser, had more holy shit moments than the two and a half minute trailer. What? No yes. way. Yes. For sure. Uh, I disagree. That's okay. It's I mean the him turning into a, like a cubed rock looks really fucking cool. 
And then like uh, the big eyed Sagaroth looking thing looked fucking cool. It's not Shumagoroth. So apparently they don't have the rights to that. Is that true? I don't know. I don't know. It's very Lovecraftian looking for sure. It's very Lovecraftian name. Uh, and what else looked really I cool? Oh, the fact that you can see Ultron, like Ultron bots. Yeah, the Ultron. I don't bots. understand that. I don't know how you explain that shit. The and, Ultron uh, bots are being controlled. The by... multiverse is mad. Okay, that's how you explain it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the Ultron bots are being controlled by the new Iron Man. Apparently, I know that yeah, Dormammu is so... supposed to be like the main villain in this, but I wish they would just do like a straight up Strange versus Dormammu storyline. And Didn't like, they do that in the first movie? Not really. For not, for a bit. For for like a small portion of it, I would rather have like a fully fledged out what Dormammu can do. Maybe do Darkstalkers and bring you know Ghost Rider back and make him team up with uh, you know Doctor Strange. Like I, I would love to see like more of the dark side of the magic stuff. Like, well, maybe you got to get people to buy into the the weird magic stuff before we can start you know digging in deeper i guess but then i feel like we're going from you know a 10 to a 2 i'd rather gradually <laughs> gradually work my way into it you know what i mean <laughs> all right so uh i know we're disagreeing we, we we're in disagreement about some of this so let's get into a topic where there's going to be more disagreement <laughs> i was like uh when are we not going to disagree <laughs> well, let's about talk about stuff. the book of boba fett uh the, the mandalorian season 2.5 I mean, I guess. I mean, he was only—he only had two episodes. So here, here let me, I'm going to say what I want to say first, and we can all discuss. Uh, sure, we we um, can all go do a round table and say what we think. I, for a character who's one of my favorite characters, like a lot of people, who didn't have a lot of screen time across the original movies, um, really only had like six minutes of screen time. Didn't really say much. I I appreciate and understand them trying to create some kind of storyline for the character um, where he could go and where he should be. But if you really think about this show, the villain of the show is Boba Fett because he's taken over for Jabba the Hutt. He wants to be the new, uh, the leader of he's always, I mean, he's really the villain of the show and it was, but, but at what point was he not a villain? Like he was exactly. one of the badass bounty hunters in the entire universe. He's always even Catherine like acknowledged what a killer he is. Like you knew he, he was gonna be a villain. So like that's why all the like heartfelt moments and shit didn't resonate. Well, a I lot of a lot this of the, show didn't of, resonate. A lot of issues is people have put this character on such a pedestal. Um and I I understand like okay, so Favreau and Filoni and Robert Rodriguez wanted to have take this into a, a, a place where they wanted to go. Um, okay, maybe not everybody agreed with, with that and, and the way the show went. There was good elements of the show and there was bad elements of the show. Um, There's a lot of bad. I didn't... I mean, I appreciated the Mandalorian stuff with Grogu and all that. They had to do that. Um, they the didn't, though. They really didn't. I well okay. No, see, you can't call a show. To... You can't call a show the book of Boba Fett. Oh, I know. I, I I'm on that page. Long, and then not three of the episodes not be about Boba Fett. Well, two of them weren't. Uh, the third, I understand where they had to get. Okay, they they had to get 
to a place where the Mandalorian and Grogu would show up for the last episode to help Why? them and all that kind of stuff. Why? Why? They did well, they did well, nothing. Was one of the most feared bounty hunters in the universe. Boba Fett had to have contacts. Boba Fett had to know people. Boba Fett has a ton of money. Why okay. can Boba Fett not just hire a bunch of badass villains to come? Where okay exactly where was Zuckus? Where was Forlom? Where was Bosk? Yeah, I mean, they should, what it should have been, it should have been a team up of the old bounty hunters again. They're yep. fighting no, off the bad guys. There was no reason for the Mandalorian or Grogu in the show whatsoever. None. You know what I'm saying? Except that, the, except that the show was poorly written, and they were frustrated because they didn't know where to take the storyline. So they decided to add yet more filler. Except it was more content for Mandalorian. Then was in half the Mandalorian episodes. <laughs> to be fair, the Mandalorian episodes is the best Mandalorian episodes we've had ever. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like the actual Mandalorian seasons. Wait, uh, we forgot to ask Dave. Have you? Did you watch the season? I've seen about half of it. Like, okay. I've seen, that, okay. Where are you at in the show? We're dude. getting in the spoiler territory. I can't remember or... if uh, episode three or four uh, was the last one I watched. I can't remember for sure now at this point, but because it's been Do you a while. Know, what was the last thing you remember happening? Fuck, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he built a spaceship. Did you see him do that? Mm, no, I think the last thing I saw them do was uh, go get the no longer slave one out of the. Oh, what was it called? Like the fire something? Fire spray yeah. or some shit? Fire Boba spray Fett. show. Ship. I have a Lego set of that Slave One. I'm going to still call it that. That just says mm. Bubba Fett's ship. The one I have has a little sticker on it that says Slave One. So, yeah. That's what it's called. Speaking of yeah. Legos, we've been getting into Legos exactly. a lot recently. So, we've been uh, Legoing up on Sundays for sure. Cool. Legoing up on Sundays. That's our, that's our lazy yeah. Lego day. So my my uh, two cents on the, the book of Boba Fett is it's really a big muddy mess. Unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of cool ideas. I love what they did with the Tuscan Raiders. Mm-hmm. I just wish. Yeah, that was cool. I, I really wish it would have meant more than just them getting uh, a catalyst for. Boba Fett to kill people that he wasn't supposed to kill. Well, they also, uh, they also used it. The entire setup for that was a plot device for the final fight with between him and Cad Bane. Like it was like, right. Oh, I just wish, I just wish Cad Bane would have been more of a, a, a more of an important plot, I guess, mm-hmm. because it, he comes and he goes way too quickly, and he's such a cool character that they revived from the cartoon. Unless you were like a an avid Clone Wars watcher, you have no idea who Cad Bane is. The dude doesn't show up anywhere else. And he and walked out. Okay, but he really walked cool. the show. That was a holy shit moment for me. Um, I was like, are they doing what I think they're doing? I was like, holy was, shit, they really are. Totally misused. Like, my, my main issue, like, uh, I have a lot of issues with the show. Like, there was a lot that I enjoyed. I really did enjoy, like, the Tuscan Raider scene. I thought that was cool. That was a nice little storyline. I thought it went on too long, um, but it was good. I I liked returning to the Sarlacc pit for him to try to find his armor. That was cool. I didn't even mind. But like, also, it doesn't make sense because, like, we saw the beginning of the show. He got out of the Sarlacc pit with his armor on and took, and that's it. Why would he think? Yeah, like the first yeah. ten minutes of the show is him the crawling out of the Sarlacc pit. He was unconscious and like had sunstroke for the first. He was, 
He would have dead. I mean, the jaw was stolen. That's how Cobb Vance got the the armor. Right. I understand that, but we as an audience, I don't know. I, I wish it's just what like I wish he would have just killed the Sarlacc pit out of spite. Right. I wish that, as, like, a, as opposed that, to looking for it. That's the whole thing. It's like they they made this like soft version of Boa Fett, you know, be- because they're trying so hard to make him into a hero, which he really needs to be like the anti-hero, like right. the man, the man in black in Westerns. They could what Boba Fett's supposed to be. Exactly. The, they, the they previously canon him. version was that he set off a thermal detonator inside the Sarlacc because he was like, if I'm going to die down here, I'm fucking taking you with me. So he sets mm-hmm. off a thermal detonator and kills the Sarlacc and gets vomited out in the process. And I, I thought that, oh, they're actually going to go with that. They're going to bring that back and make it canon again. And then yeah. they kind of didn't. Um, yeah. Also, like, True. the first episode is fucking useless. I think a lot of these episodes are useless. Like, a lot, everything could have been compact. edited down, compact. Dude. And what this should have been, this should have been a movie, like a two-parter movie. And then that way they could have had the Mandalorian stuff in there as well. And it could have been after everything has been resolved. I think it could have been a six-episode series if he escapes in the first episode, Cad shows up, the spice trade's going on. He goes and takes over Boba's. Like in the first episode, he totally could have taken over everything to do with Jabba's lair, you know. And then instead of having like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, do all this political shit and like try to schmooze the people in town so they like me, he could have just been like, "Bitch, I'm Boba Fett. I'm your new leader." And they would have been like, "Oh shit, it's Boba Fett." Okay. And then it could have been, you know, the syndicate trying to take everything away from him and him fighting back for six episodes. That would have been great to watch. But also, they never really give him any purpose to why Why did he want to be uh, the boss? Why did he even he wanted to retire. He wanted to retire from bounty hunting. That's what he, They that never was. said that. Yeah, they did. In one of his conversations with uh, Ming-Na He Wen- just says he's tired of working for like bad guys, is what he says. He's tired of being the guy doing the dirty work for bad guys. He wants to build stupid, stupid people specifically. He didn't want to work for stupid people and yeah. And I just it doesn't really like like uh Cad Bane says at the end of the show, what's your angle? I'm like, holy shit, we're finally this is where the show is gonna give us all the answers. And no, nothing. <laughs> can we talk about the dialogue in the last episode too? How atrocious it was for the first half? Yes. Well, I mean, it was just it, everything about it's just stupid. The we action's stupid. Horrible, horrible cyberpunk kids and their terrible bikes. It's the spy kids. Robert Rodriguez's <laughs> spy kids grown those up. Those bikes are an homage to George Lucas's first movie, American Graffiti, for sure. Okay, well, they could have made them. But they don't fit in Star Wars. They don't look like they belong in the world of Star Wars. You Why you could have given them power range. Why? They don't look like speeder oh. bikes. They look like shitty bicycle mopeds. They're space, they're space Vespas. The physics of them look atrocious. Like they don't move like every other hovercraft does. They like move perfectly without any variation whatsoever. And like they like lull before they take off. It it looks garbage. It's so bad. So the, I, just, the, I just think the, the visual like translation of what they were going for didn't really land there. I will admit the the worst scene in the whole show was that um, the chase scene 
when they were trying every to... episode Rodriguez has done has been the worst it, episode. <laughs> that, that was the worst chase scene ever filmed. It did not look good. It was just that's that's my biggest complaint about the show. But that's your biggest complaint. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot more bad than that. But yeah, that, right. it's oh. bad. But there's a lot more bad than that. I, the problem is like when when Boba Fett was teased at the end of Mandalorian season two, we were promised one thing and we got something completely different. And I think that's the biggest sin here mm. because Mandalorian took all the cool shit that they planned for a Boba Fett movie, and they were scrambling to fit something else that doesn't fit with the Mandal- with Boba Fett as a character. Right. Or the tone, like I mean, Boba Fett's a dark tone character, and Mandalorian's like a, like generally like just kind of a fun, light-hearted thing. Like there's not a whole lot of dark stuff in Mandalorian's world. I mean, he carries around a cute baby kid the whole time, and so like you have, you know, this like even as poorly done as it was, you have this hardship Boba Fett's going through before he can become, you know, the leader of this place and assume Jabba's role, and then right smack in the middle of it, the tone changes, and you've got. Hey, we're like scavenging for parts and building a ship and having fun. Do 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 do. Mandalorian, and then he's like, "Oh, we're gonna fly around and like have weird, quirky interactions with space police." And then he's like, "Oh, and now we're gonna go and find Grogu." And it's like it's gonna be heartfelt and touching. And then we're back to like Boba Fett not knowing what the fuck's going on. That was a really good lo- uh, fake Luke, though. Yes, spoiler. Well, he'll be all right. If he hasn't been spoiled I, 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 by already, now. Knew, I already knew that that happened. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was more better than the, than the last Mandalorian season. Mandalorian stuff was great, but it was all Mandalorian stuff. Like, it should have been in Mandalorian season three. I don't feel like Mandalorian had any reason to be in this show whatsoever. And I don't think yeah. they had that show. I, what I really would have liked instead of having uh, Amanda at the end of this would have been like the, uh, the bringing together of the old school bo- bounty hunters. That's what I was really hoping for, and it didn't happen. Yeah, really. Especially since they showed uh, the the Bosque like uh, the, Trando- the Trandosians. Yeah, Trandosians. Yeah. Honestly, my my favorite There's thing to come out of the entire show. My favorite thing to come out of the entire show was Black Chrysanthemum or whatever. Yeah, the, the fucking Black Chrysanthemum was fucking Black awesome. It was so well done. Yeah, have you? Although seen- he like he kind of went out like a bitch in the last episode. Did you see the the uh, the fallback from the the the, the black act, the black series action figure that's coming out for Black no. Crusade? So basically, what uh, Hasbro did, whoever it is, they took a Chewbacca figure and just painted him in a different color. Oh, oh no! Yeah, look what it up. Scars and like, stuff. What do they do for the scars? They didn't. That's the issue. Go Google it. You'd be like, oh, that's not him. <laughs> yeah, because he has like a really gnarly scar on his head and on his yeah. leg. They, they took they basically took a Chewbacca figure they already had molded and just painted it a different color. And also, like, Black Rosantin and Boba Fett has serious uh, history yeah. together. Yeah. They they kind of talk about it in dialogue. I think it would have been so much cooler to actually see it. They both worked for Darth Vader at one point. Yes, I mean, we don't have to see that, but they were no. both uh, stuck in the uh, in the gladiator pits together at one no. point. I was I was hoping Doctor Afra would show up. That's who I was hoping for. Well, she's definitely a team. They got Black Chrysanthemum in this, and they've talked yeah. about making a Doctor Afra show. So yeah, that'd be cool. And also, they made BD One into a in canon beyond just a video game droid. So, oh yeah, I forgot about that. That was so cool. 
And that was another favorite part of mine. I, I squealed so much like a little girl when I saw BD-1. Yeah. I, he is uh, the cutest, I, I have, awesomest droid of ever. Since I haven't watched all of it yet, I didn't. I never found out the answer to this. So I'll, I'll ask you now, uh, Carrie specifically. Did yeah. Rex ever talk? No. They have, or, okay, good. Apparently it was not the Rex from uh, Star Tours. It was this that that apparently it's a whole bunch of Rex droids because you you notice the difference from one planet to the other. One's all fucked up and the other one's in working order. No, no, no. I I, I understand that. Like, that's a whole it's a whole line. I was hoping we we would hear one, but I I was wondering if they were going to get Paul Rubens. Yeah, that's what I was. That would have been awesome. How much much did you guys hate the mayor's assistant? Because I could the the long tail guy. Twilight. Yeah, he was okay. I Every think he was more enjoyable than the uh, Afro engineer lady. But she sleeps with Jawas, and it's funny. Oh, yeah, but it's really not. She's really not funny. All right. So every every time she's on screen, I just want her to leave soon as possible. Let's all admit, let's all agree to disagree, but we can all agree that there, no matter what we thought about the show it did a lot of fan service and that was a cool part of it. We talked about it. Sure. Uh, I mean, they might as well call this the fan service between Mandalorian two and three. Okay. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a longer name than the book of Boba Fett, but uh, let's move on. We've got no book. That's for sure. Let's close the book and go on to something else. Let's talk about metal for a minute. Um, what has everybody been listening to? What's been their top jams right now? Top jams. I got a lot. I know <laughs> so you do. I'll let somebody else go we're gonna first. Keep, we're going to keep this episode shorter so we can't <laughs> can go through all of them. What about you, Dave? What have you been into recently? Um, let's see, as far as like new releases, stuff like that, let me pull up my, uh, my playlist here so I can remember what all I've been listening to. Um, I really like the uh, Burned in Effigy album. It's really good. Um, I haven't listened to it yet. I haven't listened to it in the last few days, but um, I really enjoy their like. So they're they're uh, another one of these like neoclassical death metal bands. Like they're very techy in a neoclassical way, um, mm-hmm. but I feel like they do a good job of. Um, they don't get lost in the neoclassicism enough that like it, they you wonder what they're doing anymore. Like they don't, for, they don't ever forget to rock. And <laughs> if, if they feel like they're starting to wander off into noodly territory too much, they tend yeah. to rein it back in and get you, get you hooked. So uh, unlike anyway. Oh yeah, for real. Um, <laughs> but also, I mean like, um, dude, we know you're good at the guitar. You can stop now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see what else I listened to uh, the new amorphous is I haven't I don't really have an opinion on it yet but I've listened to it a couple of times I do have I have some opinions I'll get to my opinion but um, I did <clears throat> because of my uh, recent experience seeing them live I did listen to the New Zealand ardor record and I like it more than I expected to I um, I, I listened to it the other night because I was talking about it. I'm like oh, I'm gonna check it out and there's some good stuff on that album. It's yeah. not perfect or anything, but I'm like, oh, there's some really stylicious, stylicious, stylistic, stylicious. That's a whole new word. word. <laughs> um, stylistic, like 
cool black metal stuff on there, you know? Uh, yeah, there, I, 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 seeing them live, I've, I've talked to you guys about it, but seeing yeah. them live kind of made them make a little bit more sense to me to understand what it is they're trying to do. Uh, and I feel like this, I, so I did go back and listen to some of their older material and I feel like this record is the most, at least that I've heard the most cohesive work yeah. they've done where, where it all feels like it. Some of their older stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Like this time it feels like all of those sounds are working together in a more cohesive way than they have previously. Mm-hmm. You saw the concert um, recently too, uh, didn't you? Yeah, went to go see Nile with a Nile Tastic. Cool. It was Nile Tastic, so I saw uh, Nile and Incantation. Never seen Incantation before. Oh wow, I haven't seen yeah. them in like I would say at least twenty yeah. years. Man, um, <clears throat> they were so I'm not like the biggest Incantation fan. Yeah, um, like I do listen to them from time to time, um, but I'm not like a huge fan of theirs, but mm-hmm. they are sort of, uh, uh, I don't know if they're death metal royalty, but they're definitely death yeah. metal, um, uh, mainstays for a long time. They've been around doing their thing for ages. Yeah. Um, so it was cool to get to see them. Um, they, they, they did fine. It wasn't spectacular, but it was a good enough show. Sure Nile was fucking amazing though. Nile is always fucking amazing. I remember the, the first time I ever saw Nile when they were first coming out, they played a small little club called Instant Karma, which is now a tiki bar in Houston. Uh, and the first time they ever played, like, um, well, they had a, uh, a a computer set up on a little stand, and it crashed half during one of their songs. They just stopped, and they like hung out with the audience while it rebooted and stuff and talked. And once it rebooted back up, they're like, all right, let's do this shit again. It was funny. Yeah, they have a really, they have a, they all have a really good, uh, like, rapport with yeah. the audience. Like they all um, interact really well, and I don't feel like it's the standard, you know, uh, frontman banter yeah. bullshit, uh, which I don't generally care for. Like they feel like I feel like they're actually letting some personality come out. Mm-hmm. And, I agree. I, and, I definitely agree. I, yeah, and it's also great because like, so Nile is one of my favorite like tech death metal bands i guess you know they're they're considered a tech death metal band i guess because they are in seem extremely intricate um but they uh as brutally heavy and intricate and insane as the material they play is they're all such like happy dudes up there yeah. <laughs> <They're> all, like <laughs> there's a lot of smiles going they're on like, it's like hey they're, they're, they're having fun doing this huh like surfer dudes in a way, you know, California dudes, you know. I guess I've interviewed them like a long time South ago. Carolina dudes, yeah, and, uh, but they have that vibe to them. And it's like the most people that try to be evil and brutal all the time. That's like their style, you know. They have to be that way because they play yeah. death But these guys are not like that. No, like, I've met I've met Carl a few times. Actually, this is the only time I've seen Nile where we didn't get to talk to Carl. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've talked to Carl a few times, and he's like the nicest dude, um, very chill guy yeah. um, that just loves playing his crazy ass music and is glad to share it with you. Do you have any other, very, uh, very gracious dude. Any other, I, listen to? Uh, I actually, I, one I was going to point out is not actually a new release. It's a release from several years ago, but it has okay. been something I've re I've rediscovered recently and have been listening to a lot which was a Rotting Christ album from 2013, Katatone Daimona Etoy, um, which is what was translated that? as 
It's it's something in in Greek, so excuse me. The translation of it is "Do what thou wilt." Um, but what'd you call me? Album, I, um, this album's fucking awesome, though. And yeah. I I, uh, I I listened to it back you know years ago and just kind of forgot about it, but I rediscovered it recently, and it's been on pretty regular rotation. Dave, have you speaking of Rotting Christ? Have you played this game called Mortal Shell? It's almost like a Dark Souls type game. Nope. But the soundtrack to the video game is done by Rotting Christ. Oh, really? It's really fucking cool. I think you would dig it. You can probably get it pretty cheap on PS4 or PS5, whatever. Okay. Yeah, check did, that out. Did you check out the new Crypt Hospital? Uh, I listened to a little bit of it. Um, I haven't Crypt really Hospital? had a chance to die. That's not, <laughs> yeah. Is it like zoology or something? It's a terrible name. It's a it's an awful name. But I did listen to a little bit of it, and it's really good. But I haven't gotten into it enough to have a strong opinion about it yet. But it's, I know it's, I'm gonna like it. Another one that's too good for the name they have. You're good <laughs> at finding those. Terrible fucking name. What about what about you, George? What have you been into? Uh, I came across a new band uh, today. Actually, uh, they're called Timo Timo. T Y M O. Yeah. Do you know that band? I do. Yeah. So uh, they're like a Canadian thrash metal band, and they are a lot of fun. Or at least their new uh, album is a lot of fun. The Art of a Maniac. It has uh, the the album cover. It's like a, a weird Bob Ross painting, like a nuclear winter type of background. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, the like the few songs that I've listened to are are just uh, awesome. Uh, I just discovered it today, and I, I've yeah. listened to those three songs uh, over I and can over. Tell, I, George, I can tell you're a fan of like uh, like late '80s thrash metal. So probably yeah, we that makes a lot of sense. I think what we need to do is get you on MSR cast, and we could like broaden horizons, let you listen to some <laughs> new stuff that you, maybe stuff from that era too that you might have sure. never heard about. So it's possible. Yeah. That'd be cool. uh, I also uh, listened to this band called Midnight. Well, actually, I don't even think it's a band. I think it's a dude. It, uh, Just a, a singular guy who does all the music, I think. They have a they have a full band when they perform, at least. Yeah, I was going to say, I know they have a performing band. Because they, they, didn't they open up for with a behemoth last time? Or mm, it was somebody? Uh, dark, dark? I wouldn't know. I can't remember who they toured with. Oh, it was... No. Uh, I know I've seen them live. It was a house of blues. That's all I remember. Uh, so I, I listened to a few of his songs and it's pretty good. I like them. Yeah. It's like, it's like black and motor black and thrashy motorhead, you know, I can see that. Yeah. It's another one and of those, then, uh, would fit on hell's heroes lineup. Yeah, perfectly, for so sure. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, saw, I listened to the new creator single, a single. Yep hate uber alleys or something like that yeah alice or alleys whatever the fuck it's called i like and <laughs> yeah i like creator quite a bit too and uh last but not least i don't think it's gonna be in everyone's wheelhouse but it's definitely in mine uh it is this uh like 1950s-esque uh group uh, they do like jazzy swing music but they're all of it's about the like satanic stuff. About twin, twin temple. Twin temple. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, well, wow, y'all both know what I was going to talk about. That's <laughs> they're cool. opening up for Ghost in uh, Volbeat. Unfortunately, Volbeat's playing that show, but uh, I, I will I tell will be you, there. 
We're thinking about going to the Groupon. Has I was tickets. thinking about buying tickets, but I looked at ticket prices and it's a stupid price Dude, for the floor. Ford. Go to a, well, yeah, the floor the, way in the back. Groupon has like $49 tickets right now. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I will tell you at uh, our friend's wedding that we went to a couple years ago, the first and only time I've ever slow danced with my wife was to a twin temple song. Oh man. You should slow dance with your wife more often. It would make her feel better. I, I slow dance with, with other people. Does it make her feel worse? Oh, well, <laughs> you could ask her about it. See how she feels. I, I'm not uh, maybe really I'll, sure. I, might, I might bring that up. <laughs> bring it up next therapy session. In next therapy session. It definitely is something uh, to bring up. And uh, what else? There was something else, and I can't remember. Uh, this group called Fit for an Autopsy. Oh, God. Yeah. I... I listen to it. I there's still too much core in there for me. It's not mm. bad. It's better than they used to be. I'll, I'll give them that much, but it's not something I don't think I would return to very often. Well, they have this. They have this album called Two Towers, and I really like that song mm. and this other song called Far from Heaven, which I thought was pretty good. There's some good elements in their newest album. Yeah, um, yeah you're right. It is very metalcore still, and I don't know. They, they lose me on some songs. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, they're. I, I I see where they're going. They're branching out and they're trying things that. Okay, I, a lot of metalcore bands are doing that. That we're just like, okay, we got to be one style. Now they're bringing more proggy elements into it and other right, types. They're also a lot of them that were like just metalcore for years and years and years are starting to become more like traditional death metal bands and stuff. And yeah. So like, I feel like it's worth giving them a shot at least to yeah. see if you can cross. You know. Well, I didn't love all their songs, but the songs that I did like, I thought they were pretty good. Cool. Let me. I'm gonna go through a few real quick. Um, let's talk about the the Amorphous first. Um, I really like this album, but it's not my favorite Amorphous album right now. Um, I don't even think it's the best of the trilogy, as they're calling it. No, no I don't think. I, I don't think so either. I agree. I don't, I don't I think it's the worst of the trilogy, actually. Um, there's good songs on it. There, so there's elements on this album that they haven't touched since like the 90s mm-hmm. uh, or 2000s. Was like the uh, like the uh, like with the Posse era, um, some of those albums that came out um, after Elegy and stuff like that whole era. Uh, there's definitely elements from there. A lot more horn sections on this album. Um, I there's a couple like the moon is a really great song. There's really good songs on it, but um, the whole middle of the album is phenomenal. It's just yeah. like first two songs and the last two songs are are so different than all the stuff in the middle. Yeah, and the it, last song is totally different. It's threw me not, off a little bit. They're not bad. They just don't flow as well as you kind of expected mm-hmm. from this album too. I, it's I you know being just such uh, I know I'm such a fanboy. It's probably going to still rank high at the end of the year for me. But in my top albums from the band, it's not probably in my top five. I mean, I, I went back last week and I listened to the entire discography, starting back from the Karelianismus all the way from the beginning. I should and all the way up. What's up? I should do that. <laughs> you should. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a weird journey because like, there's some stuff that's not good, but there's some stuff that's phenomenal. Right. Like, uh, there's a couple albums where I don't, I, I got to admit, I'm like, oh, I don't remember some of these songs. I might have listened to it a few times and never went back to it. 
but um, I realized what some of my top albums were. Um, and this uh, this new album does not beat Queen of Time for me at all. Queen of Time is is I don't think my top three. Either. Like when I first heard Under the Red Cloud, it had been a while since I'd heard Amorphous, and yep. like I was blown away at how good Under the Red Cloud was. And then I, I still personally prefer that one to Queen of Time, but they're like neck and neck, you know. They're both like right, right, right up there, but this one is like a couple steps down. You know, it's a it's a very good album. It's just not, it doesn't quite measure up to the last two, in my opinion. No, I'm I'm there with you. I, I'm I pre-ordered the deluxe version, which comes with like the vinyl, like a weird vinyl, and then like some other stuff and like the CD. But I guess it's been pushed back till March, so I've only heard my promo version and then what's on Spotify. So I've never I haven't heard like. A really high, high quality version of it, you know what I mean? Um, but I will, but uh, I, you know, it's amorphous, you know, I'm gonna dig it. I've actually been thinking of getting some kind of amorphous style tattoo, just like some of the imagery type of stuff, you know, the runes and all that. Um, I think that would be cool. So, going to the other bands, uh, I don't know who turned me on to this band, the the Devils of Luden. Christian found them, uh, must I mean, have, yeah on the list this week in general but um yeah it's a really cool album yeah i don't know how great it is but it's really cool uh a band that he messaged me privately there's this band called hollow decay they're so fucking great they're um very they have a lot of prog elements in them they have a lot of black metal elements and death metal and uh it's just they just run the gamut and they and it's done in such a a good way because some bands that try to do that it just doesn't flow but this band really flows well i think i think you guys would dig them how oh, i have not heard this hollow decay yeah um let's hear the new morphus uh we talked about needless before we played that recently on msr cast uh i'm still really digging the new arab all uh the band in loving memory have you guys heard this yet Mm-mm. yeah um Dave, I think you might dig this because I know you like some Funeral Doom, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is Funeral and Doom mixed I have with... A, I don't have any Doom metal on my list for the year yet. So check out In Loving Memory, man. I, it's very uh, bright in a way because it has that very 90s uh, Peaceville Doom metal style to it. But mm-hmm. it's also slow at the same time. And the vocals are just complete fucking funeral doom like just brutal brutal vocals the entire time and such an amazing juxtaposition of the music to the vocals and the the, you can feel the sadness in the in the songs it's really good the withering is that the album um let me pull it back up uh the withering yeah that's 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 it um let's see what else was there the ferryman i really like them uh there's a band called uh silo i can never say this band uh silo cb larvae what did you say <laughs> it's silo cb silo cb it's P S I. you're doing baby talk i know uh p-s-i-l-o-c-y-b-e larvae psilocybe larvae there you go so whatever uh <laughs> amazing amazing band if you're talking about like late 90s like p 
Peaceville stuff like Paradise Lost and all that, I think you guys would really dig this. Justin, maybe not so much, but Dave, I think you would. To it, it's not my for me. And uh, that band Borga, yes, I'm digging that album a lot. It's like the best cosmic atmospheric black metal album that's come out yeah. so far. This year. I agree. There's been, there's been seven amazing black metal albums that have come out this year. Uh, this is one of them, and they're all very, very different from each other. Um, there's like three that are album of the year contender level quality already for me, which is just mind blowing. Considering yeah. it's February. February, I know, right? It's been a good I, year so far. Uh, I'm I'm just blown away at how good black metal is going to be into 2022. So, uh, what 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 else are you are you into, Justin? What, hey, what before, before before we get into Justin's yeah. list, I was going to ask you, Carrie, have you listened yes. to the new Dawn of Solace yet? I have. What do you um, think? <laughs> I. What'd you say, Justin? I love it. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I don't really. I don't love it as much as the first album, but uh, it sucks that Wolfheart is not no longer on Devastation on the Nation tour um, because they're working on a new album and it just didn't fit. But if you don't know who Dawn of Solace is, it's the main songwriter from Wolfheart band he did way before Wolfheart. Um, and he brought it back like two years ago, three years ago. Um, so like, I think 2019 yeah. was that last yeah. album. Um, I, I, mean, I don't like this one as much. And I mean, it's not, it's not usually the kind of music that I am gravitating towards. No. Uh, which is just a testament to how good that first album was. But I really enjoy the second album too. So. Hmm. I'll have to I'm, listen to it again because my my initial take on it was that it was kind of boring. Um, I grows, like I like it grows it on you. Okay, like a fungus. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I can I can see both of your. Uh, I'm sort of in the middle of it right now, where there's some really good tracks on there, but overall, there's not. It is a little boring. It's not as good as the last album to me. Yeah, I didn't think it was as strong as the last one. It's, it's not. The first one was so so well done, but it's still really good. Um, I, the first time I heard it, I wasn't sure about it. It definitely took three or four listens for me to formulate a real opinion about it. Um, it's it's very very good. Not as good as the first one, but still better than most other types of music like this. Yeah. No, agreed. It's uh, it's a. I hate to say it's more in the style of like antimatter, anathema, those type of bands, but with the songwriting chops. <laughs> of Wolfheart of you know so I, I that's that's what it is. What else you got, cool. Justin? Uh well let's just start off by talking about the three that I mentioned before that are like album of the year contenders for me because they're a, a Gera style band. That's one of them. I can't think of the uh, name right now, but you post about them. All right. So the most recent one that I've discovered that Carrie's bringing up is a band called Anchoret. Yep. Um or Anacoret, I'm sorry. It's A N A C H O R E T. Um, they're a German black metal band. It's a one man project. Uh, some of the most incredible songwriting I've heard ever. Um, such raw and powerful emotion in every single song. I mean, half the songs are in English, half the songs are in German. Uh, so if that's a problem for you, you may not enjoy it, but, um, as any good German band should have, it's just one of those, like, like I, I look for black metal bands that, pour their heart and soul into their music because they're they're most of them don't most of them just have this raw anger and that's all you feel is anger but like there's like a whole 
cacophony of emotions built into this. And like, yes, sadness and anger are at, at the forefront, but like, there's even more. I don't know. It's very difficult to put into words and, and explain well. Um, but I'm just blown away at how good this album is for a, a first release from a one man project who's never performed live for anybody before. Uh, I, I messaged him and I was like, dude, you got to put out vinyl because I got to buy this. <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, the second album, which is definitely the album I've listened to the most this year so far, I've probably heard it about 40 times, is Celeste uh, Assassin, which is, uh, they're, they're a French band. Also, um, very melodic black metal. Uh, lots and lots of different melodies, lots of progressive elements built into this as well. Um, I can't get enough of it. I, I never really heard Celeste before. Uh, everybody kept telling me their back catalog was phenomenal. I've gone back and listened to all of it, and I've enjoyed most of it. I, I played the video game. That's a great game. I, I don't think they're related. No, I don't think uh, so either. But their most recent album, it has some cool art uh, that really re is reminiscent of like Night of the Living Dead. But on top of that, uh, it's just an absolute masterpiece. I'm blown away by it. And then uh, the third album is... The Mist from the Mountains. I have heard that. Um, it's called Monumental. The Tw Temple of Twilight is the name of the album. It's more traditional melodic black metal, but it is on par with um, anything. I mean, like, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I guess the best thing I can compare it to is, is the album from last year whose name is escaping me at this moment it's really not great <laughs> hang on one second uh, we need like some jeopardy music playing or something in the background <laughs> my giant playlist um yeah as soon as I, as soon as i stop talking about it i'm gonna remember the stupid band's name <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it works yeah uh Stormkeep. Why can I not think of that? Yeah. The the from the Mist from the Mountains album is as good as the Stormkeep album was last year. And that album was like top five for several of us when we did our end of the year MSR cast episode. So uh it's definitely one you guys need to check out. And it definitely then, has nothing to do with the Hobbit, right? No. It has nothing which to do is, with that. Which is a shame. Eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then Burned in Effigy is really good. Dave already talked about them a little bit. Uh, Smoldering Anger is really good. It's Viking death metal. I will uh, almost mentioned that one. I listened to that one earlier today uh, for maybe my third or fourth time. It's pretty good. It's kind of like a refreshing take on a Monomarth shtick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they're doing some different stuff, and it's, it's pretty cool. Vorga, which Carrie mentioned, is great. Um, the new Persephone album is really good, too. Persephone is pretty solid. There's a band called Mass Worship, which is like Black and Thrash. I really liked. Uh, there's a band called Golgothan, which is, a, is such a complex, like extreme metal album. I mean, it's primarily black metal, but there's so much unusual stuff in this thing um, that I haven't fully digested it yet. And I've listened to it like six or seven times. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how good it is because there are moments I think it's a complete masterpiece. And then there are other moments where I'm just like this crap. So <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, there's a band called Abhoria, which is yeah, like, a, that's uh, cool. 
Blackened melodic death metal. It's really good. Can you do me a favor and you post about these in the Metal Geek Society so everybody can uh, yeah, check sure. them out? The list of what I've got on my best of list so far. Yeah, let's because uh, I'm interested in some of these bands. Uh, Devils of Ludoon. Carrie talked about them. There's a band called A Pale December, which is like post-black metal, which I'm a huge fan of that genre. They call it shoegaze, void gaze, whatever you want to call it, but it's post-black to me. Yeah, I like that shit too. What was the name of it? It's called A Pale December. Pale December, okay. I think you'll dig it, Dave. Uh, there's a band called Iron Master, which is like a, a first, it's their first album, but it's a who's who of death metal band members making up this band. Um uh, there's people from Night Crown. There's people from uh, a, t- a ton of other places. I can't think of all the bands they're from, but um, it's a blistering death metal album. It's really, really good. Uh, Dissentience is another really good death metal album. And then the last one I have is that Distraction album that uh, Christian shared with us. It's got a really unique cover art that does not relate to the album whatsoever. Hard to, hard to explain that one. I think, I, I think I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like cool. so, yeah. I think let's all, we'll all make a post. Uh, we'll make a, a group post in the metal geek society. Talk about all the band that we just discussed in the show. That way, if you're interested in checking them out, um, you know, we'll, we'll do, we can do like a, um, I know we've talked about doing this before, but like a, a Spotify playlist. We're not talking about the whole Spotify thing right now. We're not going to go there because that would be a whole no- another fucking episode. But um, I want to get into what's tickling our geeks real quick before we wrap it up. Uh, George, since this is your creation, what's tickling your geek? Oh, uh, so I guess the uh, what's tickling my geek this week is that uh, you know COVID stuff is down, and which means I could you know venture out to the movie theaters a little bit more safely and not have to worry about it so much. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, since that's the case, I purchased my tickets for the Batman, which comes out March 1st, but I'm going on the 5th. So, okay. I, I I'm very we, excited for it. We it looks might, very cool. We might, I'm, I'm sort of really on the fence about this, but we might go try to see uncharted this weekend. I just don't know how I feel about it quite yet. So that's one of my favorite games. I've heard it was real, real bad. That's what I've heard too. I'm avoiding any reviews, um, but I mean, Mark Wahlberg. I mean, that's that's the problem right there. <laughs> I mean, but you're going to say Mark Wahlberg's the, the problem? <laughs> my understanding is the problems extend far beyond Mark Wahlberg. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, like, I think it's I'll way worse than Mark Wahlberg. I, I will be afterwards. Um, are you going to do? I, I know Alamo Drafthouse is bringing their their past back are you going to do that george uh maybe uh i would i almost signed up for it uh before uh you know the pandemic and then the pandemic happened and i was like wow it's a good thing i didn't sign up for that mm. um so now that you know things are looking semi-normal again maybe close close to it yeah the best i can give you right now is maybe <laughs> gotcha it's not that I don't want to. I just don't want to like pay for something that I'm only going to use. Yeah, we we you know, our very uh, rarely our AMC one. We didn't even use it in January at all. So it just feels like a waste of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, I do. Erica Erica canceled hers, and I I did not cancel mine. 
<laughs> Did you see a movie in January? No. See, yeah, that's true. We thought about it. We we're like, eh, no, we don't want to go. But now a little bit better now. We wanted to go see the Beatles thing, but um it was only in the theater for like one weekend or whatever. And we had some family situations going on, so we couldn't go. Um all right, uh Dave, what's what's tickling your geek? Uh I guess it's still a potential tickle at this point. Um I'll be a little bit more excited about it if some stuff about it that's up in the air pans out, but uh Futurama is coming back again. Well, yes. What's his face? The voice of Bender won't be back, right? That's that's what's up in the air right now. Yeah. That's that's not that's not finalized. He's uh, not, he's like the not. It's not Futurama without John DiMaggio. It, no, it really is nobody nobody can really do Bender except no. him. So um and you gotta bend Bender, like Bender. Well if if the Bender character isn't working in the show, it's really gonna affect the show as a whole. Yeah, so have, they, have, have they even announced what the holdup with him signing up is or they offered hey. it to him? Right? Is it just is it just money? Like Jesus yeah. Christ. Fucking just pay the man, Disney. Jesus Christ. They, yeah. It's like this whole thing where they don't consider him a real actor since he's just a voice actor, so they don't want to pay him what he's, he's worth. like one of the like most esteemed voice actors running yeah. though. Like Yeah, but what about like, like they pay Dan Casanella and Nancy Cartwright whatever the fuck they ask for for the mm-hmm. Simpsons? Yeah. So yeah. Well, and he even said uh uh I can't remember where he posted this, but somewhere on social media, he made the point that he's like, look, I am not just arguing for more pay for myself. He's like, I think everybody needs to be getting paid more. Um, And I don't know. I don't, I don't really have a strong opinion on what the right thing is to do for them. That's their business. Um, I I don't know. I just know that for the show to work, he's going to have to be there. Uh, Right. Otherwise it's not Futurama. Yeah. All right, Justin, what's tickling your geek? Uh, well, the first thing is that Urza Nile is doing a headlining tour, and they're oh, coming yeah. in May, so I'm super excited for that. Hopefully COVID is still under control and improving by that time. Um, cause you gotta, you got to go anyways, though, right? Well, I don't know. Erica's, Erica's pregnant, and I can't really risk getting COVID while she's pregnant, you know, so it's I'm still kind of torn about it, but yeah. if things are better then hopefully I'll be able I think, to. I mean, we're on a, we're on a good swing right now where things are getting better. So I hope it continues. That's, that's all I'm saying. Um, on a similar note to Dave, I'm really excited for the Beavis and Butthead movie and the show. Mm-hmm. It's coming out. Uh, it's Bro, they're doing a movie and show. Yeah. They're doing a movie, which is going to lead into a 10 episode show. Oh, okay. I thought they were just doing them at first. I thought they were just doing a show and then I thought they were. That's what I thought. No, the movie is going to be about Beavis and Butthead in the future. It's like the older versions of themselves years and years and years later, and then they're going to do a 10-episode show. Are they the to, ones that they met in uh, Beavis and Butthead Do America? Those are their dads. Um, yeah, they're, they're, gonna they're actually, pretty close. Yeah, it's going to be them in the future, and then they're going to do a show of them still as teenagers. So oh, okay. one is going to be like right. a, gonna be like a future thing. The show's I've always... Cool. So Beavis and Butthead is one of those properties that I I'm curious to see what they do with it, but I almost I feel like that's one of those things that I I don't know if it's not currently the '90s if Beavis and Butthead <laughs> makes sense anymore. Um, <laughs> that's the season that came out in the mid 2000s, though. No, I guess not. 
because see, I felt the same way when that one came out. Um, but my expectations were like shattered by that show. I was okay. laughing hard. My ribs hurt in some of the episodes. Uh, it was extremely funny and really well done. And I think that Beavis and Butthead can be adapted to whatever is going on in modern society. Um, okay. They're just going to talk about was, reality shows now, I guess. It was so much a product of the 90s, though. Yeah. I just didn't know if it could get away from that. If you go back and watch those first three seasons, which which were in the 90s, they're not that great. But like, if you watch the... Actually, I think it was seven seasons. If you watch season eight, which is the one that came out in like 2005 or six or whatever, um, that's probably the funniest thing they ever did. Uh, so I have a lot of faith in the, in a, a reimagining of Beavis and Butthead in a modern day sort of thing. Is Mike Judge writing it? Yeah, he's doing everything that he used to do. So I was nice. going to bring up. I know that uh, King of the Hill is coming back. That's what I was going to say. Talking about Mike Judge and bringing King of the Hill back too. I'm stoked for that too. Cause I love King of the Hill. Let's bring everything back. Come on, just do it. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's um, uh, reboots of the reboots. Yep. Um, so uh, on my end, uh, except for the Fresh Prince, that looks terrible. Oh God, that looks. It's boring. gotten really good reviews, but I haven't watched any but of it. It's, it's too much of a drama. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the the appeal this time around. No, not for feature, me. not a bug. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know about that one. Uh, for me, I'm excited for uh, my new tattoo. Uh, I've I've been itching to get one for a long time. Um, but also, I had to get a new computer over this past weekend, which is what I'm using to record and which I'll be using to edit all these podcasts and stuff and for our live streams and all that good stuff. So I got a really good deal on a really badass computer. So uh, it came. Where'd you end up getting it from? Uh, Micro Center. Did so you I got, like have one custom built for you? No, you well, we were looking one? to do that. So we walked in there, we talked to a guy for a while, and he showed us a couple things. Then uh, he showed us an open box one. Then I went to the back to try to build one, and, and I showed him what I wanted, and it was going to be too expensive. And then I, they're like, yeah, we're like a couple weeks behind on build right now. And I'm like, well, I sort of need it now. You know what I mean? Like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I wound up getting it's a power spec, which is their brand. Uh, it was originally $24.99 or $21.99. It was on sale for $17.99. They sold me an open box for $15.29. And then since the warranty had already started, because the guy the the guy who returned it couldn't get it to work with his monitor because he used the output from the motherboard and not from the video card. I was like, whatever. All right. So like, and, he, okay. and the manager came over. He's like, I can't restart the warranty, but uh, we can offer you this warranty for this cheap price. And if you want, I'll take $250 off the computer price. So we did that. And we're like, all right, we'll do it. Um, so I got it. It's a G438 gaming PC. Um, just quick specs. It has like an i7... Uh, like an eight core, um, the, but the biggest thing it has an NVIDIA 3078 gig, uh, GDDR6 has 32 gigs of RAM, uh, wow, terabyte, That's yeah. Crazy. So I, I feel like I got a good deal, you know what I mean? Because the computer that I had previously, I'm not going to get into why I don't have it anymore, had 32 gigs of RAM, and that was a really it was a monster for when I was doing editing and stuff like that, you know. 
So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. It has like weird. I've never had a computer that has like liquid, like water cooling in it. Um, so if you hear anything, it's right next to me. Uh, it does have a little bit of a fan sound, but um, hopefully it's not too bad. And it has. I don't hear anything. Okay, cool. It has, it has cool colors too. It does. It goes. It. This is something I would have never like sought out before, but it just sort of like came to me. I was like, "All right, we'll do it." So, if you guys are out there, and I have Xbox Game Pass on the PCs now, apparently with Ultimate, what should I play? What would take advantage of the graphics on this thing? I need to hook up a, a, a have an extra Xbox controller. I know Bluetooth will work on here, so I need to get that working. I already know uh-huh. you're just gonna roller coaster tycoon on a carry. That's- well. <laughs> I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm gonna play Planet Coaster and bump the graphics all the way the fuck up. Build the biggest park you can imagine, and they can't stop you this time. <laughs> true, and I have three monitors hooked up to it too. So uh, you know, which is cool. I'm excited for it. I mean, I, I you said you have three monitors. I have three monitors hooked up to it. Yeah. Wow. Do you need three monitors? Uh, I could do one. That's more. the wrong question, George. That's the oh, wrong okay. question. It's not sorry. The question is, how many monitors can you hook up to it? <laughs> and then that's the right number of monitors. I think four. <laughs> there, there are three display ports and the one HDMI. So, no, you could add more. Yeah, you could. Um, you could get an extender. Yeah, <laughs> sure. get a docking station that you can hook like sixteen monitors up on a wall. Yes, I actually have a docking station. Um, sixteen monitors? No, not with sixteen monitors for sure. I think three is probably enough. I mean, if you can afford 16 monitors, you can afford a fancy computer. I'm just saying. I don't have 16 monitors, and I can't afford 16 monitors. I'm good with three. I just, that's my limit, I think. It's, I don't have more room. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. It is cool. So um, let us think that, uh, that about does it. Let's do some housekeeping really quick. So uh, thank you all for hanging out with us tonight on this episode. Of course, you can find us on the internet at metalgeeks.net. Uh, you can find us on all the social medias at Metal Geeks. You can find our sister show at MSRCast. Um, you can find us on the ESO Network, esonetwork.com, where you can check out all the cool shows that make up that. Um, I've been invited to be part of uh, a podcast on that network that I haven't really spoken about yet, and uh, we're in the early planning stages, but I've been asked to be part of a monkeys podcast. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I I I want to do it. It's just time wise. I haven't. Did you tell them I, that you're not a fan of the monkeys? No, How did I, they? I told them I hated that. It was just not my. And they favorite. want you on the show. Anyway, kind of like what we do for me on this show. <laughs> well, you, you pretend that you like us. <laughs> they're gonna like. Fans. They're they're gonna have a segment called Carrie hates the monkeys. <laughs> oh man, they totally should. Oh great! <laughs> we to do George hates metal this episode. We'll get to it next time. You should like uh, throw a live, throw a live monkey at him during that second. <laughs> right? Wrong, wrong monkey, wrong monkey. Episode. They can they can they can quiz you on your ability to identify monkey species. Yeah, uh, I, I, I did show, get you that, show you a picture. Mo- that, that monkey's quiz book. I think you need to crack that up for your podcast. I think you're right. Uh, I want to figure who's the bigger bigger biggest fan here. Who really knows? Um, yeah, but, I need to know who's the most obscurest knowledge person here. Is what we need to know. Probably me. I know. I know way too much, and not enough stuff about things that can actually benefit me. But you know, um, 
So there's Welcome that. Welcome to Metal Geeks, everybody. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so you can also find us on any place that you download your favorite podcast. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Apple Music. All those good places. Um, and check us out. Uh, okay. George, what about you? Uh, you can find me on all the social medias at George Tripsis. Uh, more lately on Twitter more than anywhere else. But, you know, drop me a line. We can talk about movies. Cool. Dave? Oh, uh, you can find me uh, at Red Viking Dave on the things. All the things. Even yeah, the TikTok the things. things. Uh, not yet. I may get there eventually. It, it's probably a really viable place for me to be right now as a could be. artist. should probably be there. So I'm going to start doing uh, those TikTok I, dances, Dave with, yeah. Uh, on, on my art table with pens. Uh, <laughs> you definitely should. I, I don't know. Um, there, I, I will also say that, uh, since it's coming up, uh, starting the first weekend in March and then every weekend thereafter through April, uh, I will be at Sherwood forest festival. Oh man. Is it that time of the year already? Already. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yep. I'm actually working a job where I get spring break off. So we're looking what we wanted to do. We were thinking about going to Austin or our corpus or something. But if you go to Austin, maybe we'll have to arrange to go there for a day on the way back. Okay. Be uh, if you if that's something that it turns out that you want to do, let me know yeah. beforehand. Okay? I will because uh, I will help. Cool, I got you. And and Justin, what about you, sir? Uh, you can find me. As at Comical JC, pretty much everywhere. And your other podcast? And uh, yeah, check out the show that George and I haven't done in over a year <laughs> <laughs> with our buddy Andy, the Mind Fudge Comedy Podcast. It's yeah. still funny. Listen to the old episodes; they're good. Uh, just haven't put in any new content in a bit. <laughs> you will. I have. I have full face in it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us again tonight. And as always, we have one last thing we have to say. Keep it metal. And keep it boba. Fetty. Fetty. Wop. Fetty Fetty Wop? Yep. Is that still a thing? I have no idea. How would I know? I don't know. You're the mo- you're the, like the guy in tune with pop culture. That's, that's definitely not true. The monkeys were a long time ago, George. <laughs> My pop culture is is fifty five years ago. It's fifty five years ago. Wow, that's a that's a time. That's right. All right, uh, I, I Justin, you want to say it? Uh, balls. No, keep it geeky. But yeah, oh, balls. Keep it keep it Grogu. Okay, keep well, it. That, I think they are Whoa. actually. We'll, we'll keep it Mando. They're way ahead of you on that one. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Hey, Geekazoids. Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit metalgeeks.net. Keep it geeky. Keep it metal. Helm report. Sir, there's Klingons in the starboard bow. Starboard bow? Starboard bow. What are they doing there? They seem to be waiting for the new episode of Earth Station Trek. Science, what do we know about this Earth Station Trek? It's a podcast that tracks through the history of Star Trek, from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. 
Navigation, how would one find such a podcast? By setting coordinates for earthstationtrek.com or by doing a sensor sweep of Spotify, iTunes, or any other quadrant where fine podcasts are available. Captain, what are we going to do about the Klingons? We come in peace, Commander. Weapon station, shoot to kill. Shoot, shoot to, to kill. kill! Shoot to kill! This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.